A show about the CW's Riverdale that takes place and is sponsored by The Dark. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. We are getting paid a little bit of money from The Dark, so that's a great sponsorship. So hey, when the day ends, make sure you check out The Dark. Hi, I'm Pete. Yeah, and uh, Justin and Peter sharing a mic tonight. That Don't be... say that's a secret. Oh, it's no, a trade no, secret. No, no, I mean, I think, I think it'll be a fun thing to play with. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. A, little, a couple of laughs. Yeah, I'm excited to fight Justin for the microphone. Don't have to fight because I'm here to support my friend Pete. I'm going to hold it and pass it along because I have a lot of uh, experience on the street. Well, you know, as they say, <laughs> no fights, no bites, fight for equal rights. And that ties into tonight's episode of Riverdale that we're going to be recapping. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward about... to hear how. Yeah, <laughs> That's going to be a fun thing at the end to, that you reveal. <laughs> yep. You set up this great premise that there's a huge equal rights <laughs> message to this episode of Riverdale, and I can't wait to find out what it is. Yes, of course there is. Yeah, well, we'll get into it in a second. Just to give you guys a little bit of recap of what has transpired so far. In the first half of the season, an evil, evil man named the Black Black Hood was terrorizing the town of Riverdale, but he's totally, finally, 100% dead. Or is he? Oh, fuck. Spoiler. Oh, I seen man. him in a while, so he's probably, he's probably gone. Yeah, That's the way also... I treat my family. <laughs> what? When I see him for a while, I'm like, who are you? I don't know. That's fucked up, man. Out of sight, out of mind. That's not a good way to live. When was the last time you saw your baby? Now I'm worried. I don't think I have. I don't have a child. You have a child. <laughs> I don't think so. You should. Do you know who that. does have a child though? Is Fred Andrews, and his child's name is Archie. And Archie has been embroiled in several delightful, delicious plots leading into this episode. Uh, a guy who claims to be a federal agent walked up to him and said, "Hello, I need you to investigate your girlfriend's father, Hiram Lodge," which he is kind of doing, sort of a little bit, but not really. He's like the Don Trump Jr. of FBI agents. <laughs> like, truly, when I see him, I'm like, oh, that's what it looks like. Like, Daddy, I'm in charge today? That's yeah. the FBI agent who's with Archie. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Archie. No, like... Archie's stupid, but he's more Eric Trump stupid. Uh-huh. And <laughs> FBI agent is Don Trump stupid. So they're sort who's of playing the Ivanka? House... Who's the Ivanka in this situation? Oh, I mean, that's, uh, that's what we're always deciding. Is I like think Betty Polly is the Tiffany because she's not even there. Can we get to the fucking episode? This is the episode, man. This is, this is the, the episode. The premise of the show, which I clearly set up at the top of the show, is we talk about a little bit of politics. A little no, bit. we don't. Remember, <laughs> he did. No, he talk did. about the show, please. Can we, are you going to recap anymore? I completely got lost to my own head on this, but... If Mr. Cooper is the Black Hood, then that makes Betty Ivanka because there's some creepy shit going All on. All right, there. you're totally fair. Okay, we're going to move on from that. Uh, so Archie is kind of investigating the lodges, uh, but at the same time, he wants to keep Veronica and everybody else that he loves safe from this. Definitely an FBI guy and whatever is definitely going to happen with the FBI. You know, uh, he wants to keep everyone in his life is in the dark. The dark. 
sponsor of Riverdale After Dark. <laughs> dark. Check it out at dark.com. <laughs> a great source for all your dark needs. Actually, I just started watching the show Dark on Netflix, and actually, it's pretty good. So yeah, no, no, that's it's pretty nice. I wish, time. actually, we were sponsored. We shouldn't send people to dark.com because you haven't been there. <laughs> we don't know what's on that website. I'm too scared to even look it up. <laughs> yeah, a, that's a that's a scary. That's like the beginning of our own horror story. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I would love to watch a movie called dark.com, so if anybody <laughs> wants to hire us to write it, I'm 100% into that. Speaking of hiring people to do stuff. Betty's brother, Chick, has been hired as a gay prosy and got stabbed a little bit. And so uh, Betty took him home to live with her now. And so they're getting used to it. When we left the last episode, he was creepily staring at her while she slept. So that's pretty much where we left Betty. Uh, who else should we talk about? Cheryl's mom is a courtesan. Lovely way to say yes, it. Yes, and has decided that she wants to continue to be a courtesan. Should I say prosy instead? I No, no, that's not what people say. Oh, okay. uh, you could say a, a small town sex worker. Just a small town sex worker <laughs> living in a lonely piece. It's the world's oldest profession. Let's show some respect for it, all right? Uh, okay. Uh, I the think... hard rep in the prostitute life. <laughs> I love it. And as we established last episode, the garbage plate is always on. <laughs> uh, I... Wait, hold on. Is there anybody else? We probably need to talk about Jughead as well. So the <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of important. He's like the main character at this point. <laughs> uh, so the two schools in town have been consolidated. Southside High has been shut down due to to a semi-evil plot from the lodges to take over the land beneath the Southside High School. Uh, it was a little bit of a tough going until they set up a D&D club, which totally fooled uh, Mr. Weatherby. And uh, yeah, so Jughead is a serpent for life right now. And we'll see how that plays out in this episode. I, I think that recaps everything now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of recap, I just wanted to... Quickly say at the beginning of the show, they do like a recap like we're doing here. I could not believe like the beginning of the show. It's like last week on Riverdale and listed an insane thing of events. Like it starts off with like, uh, uh, you know, the school being closed. Uh, you know, it was just Wait, I I'm sorry. Believe... Just really quickly. Are you about to recap our recap? No, but I just couldn't believe <laughs> the things that have now it's time for the Pete recap. And the JT recap is going to be a slightly similar and mostly different. I just, after seeing that recap, I was like, I can't believe I love this show and am and this invested in this. Because after that recap, it's completely insane. To That's try pretty to... nuts. Now, we're about six minutes into the episode, which means it's time for the episode recap. We started the episode <laughs> by introing the episode, uh, and then we talked about a recap, and then Pete did re his recap. And that's your episode recap. We'll have it every six minutes on the six minutes. Great. <laughs> six on the six. All right, cool. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about General Pickens. I think that's a good way to start this. Sure. You know? First off, we got Archie crushing it on the basketball court. This guy is just so balling. He's like 5-1, and he crushed <laughs> Well, I think this is a good uh, rage uh, is something that I'm very uh, close to. Uh, you get to see how if you can channel your rage, it can really work for you. As you see Archie, who is just uh, shooting J's and layups, and that's a great way to channel your rage. Uh I actually want to talk about, before we really get into anything, how sweaty this episode was. Yes. This was single-handedly the sweatiest episode of Why Riverdale so far. keeping track of stuff like this? Well, I like to measure it. Uh, you know how some, uh, what do you call, weather guys, weather weather people? Uh, weathermen? Weathermen. No, weather there's, a, there's a... Meteorologists? Weather bees. Weather yeah. bees. That's, yeah, that's what, what it is. <laughs> uh, measure uh, rainfall. I measure sweat. Uh, now, this episode was directed by Greg Araki. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who is pretty integral 
integral in the development of LGBT film. Uh, and I think it shows, frankly. I think there's a lot of hot, sweaty men going around in this episode. Yes, there's a lot of flesh. Great. I am that... being honest here, Pete. Okay, you're looking great. at good, me. Good school. Yeah, you're into sweaty dudes. Fine. Awesome. Glad we talked about it. Cool. Great. Yeah. I'm I happy mean, I... that you're having fun keeping track of sweat counts. I stuff, am. You know? And that's the episode. It's, Thank I... you, guys. Uh, so please come back. Uh, again, we're sponsored by The Dark. If you and, want uh, uh, sweaty dudes, head check out The Dark. And be sure to check out our recap podcast for this podcast at Riverdale After After Dark. <laughs> Dot dark. Dot dark. Yes. So I, I think we should break this up by characters again. We did yeah, that last week. Fun. Same sort of thing. Uh, Who are we starting with then? Archie. You, you already brought up Archie. So All I right. think like that's the big plot line of the episode, or arguably the big plot line of the episode. Um, Archie is doing a lot of stuff, as he usually does, and it's a lot of kind of dumb stuff. Um, he's ostensibly, like we mentioned, working for this FBI guy who is definitely 100% not an FBI guy. Yeah. Uh, he has asked for no identification at this point. Uh, and, but he really, he's just trying to get closer to Veronica, I think, at well, this point. It's funny. He's After he plays basketball, he's like super sweating. He walks into a secret meeting with the uh, lodges. Um, the mayor, uh, Veronica's there, and he's like, Hey, why didn't you have Archie, the dumbest guy at school, come at your big secret planning meeting? And everyone's like, oh, my, eye roll, dismiss, the meeting's over. Well, can we talk about this meeting also? We discussed this a little bit the last time, and I'm still... Like, I'm, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around how evil the Lodge's plan really is. Because it really seems, amounts to, oh... This is, uh, they're essentially gentrifying the area. That's pretty much it. Which is like trying to get cheap land. Yeah, which is just kind of generically evil rather than we've seen Uh, serial killers, we've seen dads murder their own sons and then hang themselves and be burned down in their house. You don't think it's evil to kick a bunch of, uh, you know, people off of a land so you can then drive down the price and then uh, get it at a good deal? You don't if, think that's if evil? If it means good coffee, I'll do anything. Wow, that's fucked up, man. Here's what I think it's it's going to be, because I agree with you. It, they're building it up like it's this horrible cabal that's doing all this, these horrible things. What it's going to be is when they, at the end of the season, it's going to be revealed to be something that's actually beneficial to the town. Uh, and that's going to be the big twist, and maybe even beneficial specifically for the Serpents or the Southside High School. Really? Because I think, conversely, they don't really want to build a new district on top of the Southside High School. What was weird to me was the way that Hiram Lodge referred to the land under the school. Like, he didn't talk about the land the school was built on. He was, like, under the school, and I feel like there's something down there. Topsoil. Like yes, really exactly uh, like some like really rich rich topsoil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a garden. No, I think there's either some treasure buried down dinosaurs there. Dinosaurs or dinosaurs. He's doing all this for buried treasure? God, That's I hope your so. plan? <laughs> That's what you think? Here's what I think. I think at the end of the season, they dig under there, they find buried treasure from whatever the name of or was oil, that tribe. Probably. There, right? Yeah. And then the vengeful ghosts come back and attack the town, and that's the cliffhanger at the end of the season. Oh, that's a weird choice. Mm. I would think they're pulling straight out of a Saved by the Bell uh, episode yeah, where there's oil underneath the, so- the Sodale school. You're probably actually right. Yeah, you're you're going way too Scooby-Doo on this with the whole haunting and buried treasure and shit. All right, well, I'm really sorry about that. So Archie, <laughs> <laughs> Archie decides because he's left out of that meeting that he's going to get into that meeting. And to do that, Veronica recommends to him, what? 
does this bother you guys at all that Archie is very willing to just rat out his friends and loved ones for a fake a- FBI agent? It's not bothering you at all that he's just like a just the but rat. I don't think he is. He's trying to rat out Hiram. He's trying to rat out the mayor. His he's trying girlfriend, to rat, but not his girlfriend. He's left her completely out of it. He doesn't mention. He's bro- pulling some slimy shit right now with her. He is like lying to her face about his motives and what he's actually trying to do. I mean, I I agree with Pete. Like, it's weird that he is... uh, Well, first off, it's very stupid to think that he's going to only get Hiram arrested (laughs) when, like, Veronica is in all the meetings, running the company. His father says all the time how he's working with the lodges. Like, it's crazy. And an FBI agent that refers to people as pals and gals is not a real FBI agent. No. Well, that's the other thing, is that as stupid as Archie is being, nothing is going to happen at the end of the day, so I think he's going to be all right. But... Veronica tells him, if you want to get closer to my dad, if you really want to get in with my dad, he's a wrestler and there's going to be wrestling tryouts. And Archie's like, oh, that's a great idea. I wanted to try out another sport. So he goes into wrestling and gets completely destroyed by yes, Kevin Keller. Which was awesome. And also the scene immediately after, he was like, oh, you should have seen it, Betty. Like, I really took him down a notch. It was, uh, that was really cool. I do, I do feel, uh, I've identified a lot with Kevin Keller this episode uh, because he clearly hates Archie. Like, he is clearly us. Which was weird. Like, uh, in a good way. Like, I like that Kevin just, like, unacknowledged uh, hatred of Archie. Yeah. Uh, It's a great thing. But also, Archie, like, he walks in. First off, there are, like, three people that get to wear wrestling singlets. Archie's one of them. That's not fair. And he comes in there and thinks, like, I'm probably good at wrestling. And, of course, he gets wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you can be so cocky and so dumb. Well, can we jump ahead, though, a little bit and, and talk about this? Because... I know this is jumping all the way ahead of the end, but I think it's important to mention right now that he is super cocky. Kevin Keller takes him down, and then it takes him, what, a jogging session with Hiram and two more wrestling bouts, and then he becomes the world's greatest wrestler. No, don't forget about the music. Like, he was jamming tunes, getting uh, pumped true. up. He was, he was jamming some big, tunes. Get for his big match. Yeah. And then he got that whole speech from the creepy dad. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's the drama. I know it's how these things work, and that's fine. But it was, I kind of just wanted to see him get it destroyed, and that would be the end of it, frankly. That, also, what point does Archie realize, oh, the... the my girlfriend's father is the most evil person I've ever met in my fucking life. Like, this guy is constantly showing how creepy and evil he is to no effect. He's a great businessman. That's why he has time to go to a wrestling tryout as multiple days in a row and just make sure, and occasionally just get involved. That dude had a t-shirt with his wrestling nickname on it. Which is pretty hardcore. I was even more impressed that uh, the tryouts... The entire town turned out. Oh, awesome. Just like my hometown. And we've talked about this a lot, particularly on the first season of the podcast. Not quite as much this season, but how big is Riverdale? Because they are clearly <laughs> Riverdale High, and granted, they you know incorporated Southside High as well, and I get that, so there's a lot of people. But they have enough for like a full-fledged, hardcore wrestling team, a football team, a basketball team, all of this. It just... Maybe I came from a mid-sized to small town, but it just seems like a lot. I mean, I came, my high school had about a thousand students in it, and we did have all of those things, but like the facilities were garbage. Like right. the wrestling room, one the year I was in school, every wrestler got ringworm. 
and then quit because that's a disease. Oh, well, thanks for that the hot tip there. Well, I don't have ringworm now, and I wasn't a wrestler. Okay, all right. Well, take it easy. I well, don't lean away from me like I'm poison. Well, I, there's a lot of reasons to lean away from you. But we you should mention, by the way, that our podcast is brought to you by ringworm.com. <laughs> if you have ringworm don't or want ringworm, to go, go to ringworm.com. We will give you ringworm and then take it away. Ringworm.com, your is source for all things uh, sweat-based diseases. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I also I went to a, a fairly large high school, and nobody oh, showed Oh, congratulations. Up. Here we go. Oh, How many people had ringworm at your school? No, but nobody would go to wrestling tryouts or any other, like... Uh, Maybe the, you weren't just you weren't good enough as a, of a wrestler. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't try out for wrestling. How much ringworm did you get? I didn't get any <laughs> ringworm. What were your sports? Did you varsity letter in? I don't want to get into this right now. I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> just tell me one. Just tell me one. No, I'll tell you mine. They're embarrassing. Okay, good. You tell me. No, no. One for one. One for one. Let's go. You go first. Okay. Uh, tennis. Are you serious? Yes. I mean, I played one year. Oh man, golf. I did golf too. I was gonna save that one. I was saving that one for later because it was more embarrassing. You're right. It is oh crazy. man, we could have just been the best friends. Uh, probably not. Probably would murder each other. How were you at golf? Yeah. All right. Cool. No. What do you think I meant? I don't know, man. I was all right. This is weird. I don't like talking about this. <laughs> a basic. Why fact. are you? A, I don't know. I think it's cool that you guys did sports. Yeah. What was you? What did you letter in? Uh, <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> cool, dude. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, math team. All right. Wait. Uh, so let's get, jump back in time a little bit with the Archie stuff. So he, we kind of run through his whole wrestling arc. Yeah. Um, but we should probably talk a little bit more about his relationship with Hiram because Hiram is very much in this episode trying to play top dog with Archie being like, I always win. I control everything. He takes him out for a power breakfast where he's like, here's how it's going to be. But the thing that's weird to me about that relationship is every time Hiram gives his I'm top dog speech, other than the time where he literally pins Archie to the ground and holds his head to the ground and says, I always win. It's always Hiram giving in in some way, or at least seeming to give in. And that's my question for you guys. Do you think Hiram is still playing him across the board, or do you think Hiram has actually been weirdly suckered by Archie somehow? No way, man. Uh, he is way too evil to buy into this shit, and he hates him for the fact that, like, he snuck into his house, spent a night in his daughter's bedroom. Like, you don't forget about that shit. And also, like, hey, Archie, after you uh, win a wrestling match, maybe not stare down the most evil person in your town and just eyeball him. He was doing it while the match was still going on. Yeah. He hadn't even called the pin yet. Yeah, that was, that was not uh, a good move on Archie's part. I mean, I, I think that uh, Hiram needs Archie because Veronica loves Archie. So Hiram needs to keep Archie. He's the, like, useful fool that uh, Hiram keeps close to him. But, like, Hiram talks about Veronica like he's dating her in a weird way. And also yeah. Veronica in that one scene said set, called Archie sexy in front of her dad, which I was like, what it, is this? Very yeah, that weird kiss in front of the father was super creepy. I, I will tell you, as a father of a daughter, I watched that scene, and I was like, if anybody did that, I would murder that man immediately. <laughs> right in front of my daughter, I don't even care. Which... I guess points to our society's uh, lack of differentiation between uh, sexuality and violence. <laughs> there's, there's the politics he's yeah, trying to. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to talk about that. Right. We, we were just talking about golf. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's not bring that up. Uh, I was just trying to keep it light. <laughs> oh, but you know who go golfs a lot? Uh, the president. Oh yeah, you mean Barack Obama? Oh, 
That guy golfed way too much. Who are we talking about now? Which are we gonna, Can we talk about Betty, please? Can we talk about Betty? Uh, yeah, we can talk. Well, is there anything else we need to talk about with Archie? Uh, at the end, he uh, turns down the fake FBI agent, uh, hangs up a call on him. He just so, hangs up a call. He's going to call him later and write everybody no, out. But, but like, then he's, he's like, hey, I'm into business. Yeah, I like business. Yeah. I work at the business factory. I would like to do business. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, he's, he's a big old dummy. At the mouth, uh, he's going to have a little pawn, and that he's, at this point, I have to believe. I, I hope. Otherwise, I'm going to be very disappointed in the plotting of the show. I hope that Hiram either hired this FBI agent, like tempt or work on Archie or something like that, or something where he knows about him at the very least, because Hiram is supposed to be this all knowing, all seeing destroyer of worlds. And here it feels like he is being suckered a little bit. I mean, that would make sense because um, he's testing Archie and Archie keeps working with the FBI guys. So that maybe explained a lot of the anger uh, that Hiram has. We'll have to see. Uh, You want to talk about Betty? Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I want to just say, like, the dude who's playing uh, Mr. Lodge is unbelievable. I mean, this guy. Mark Consuelos? Re- yeah, I think he's killing it. You, you love watch him? it. Uh, I just think he's He doing does a get great pretty job. sweaty this episode. Pete. Yeah, I'm glad you're taking notes. On I'm this. very happy about it. You love the Ram. Yeah. I don't love the Ram. I love the Ram. He's doing a great job. That's his name, the Ram. Yeah. You should okay. watch a show called Pitch, by the way. He was on it. It was only around for one season, but he was pretty good on it. Uh, let's talk about Betty. Now, what is worse? Than being a prostitute whose main business is getting stabbed in a hallway, a webcams. <laughs> <laughs> they are so bad. Uh, let's talk about this plot line. So, uh, Chet, Chet, Chick, Chick, Chick. Sorry, His I don't know why Charles, I blanked so they that. call yeah. him Chick. For yeah, some there reason. you go. Dumb. Uh, Chick has come to live with the Coopers. Mr. Cooper is super pissed about it. Yeah. Not I mean, obviously afraid to talk about it at all. I'm glad that somebody's asking this guy questions because Betty and her mom is just fine with let's just have breakfast and not talk. It's like, hey, can we get to know the psychopath living in our house? Can we talk about their breakfast for a second? Can we talk about the fact that Pete identifies with Mr. Cooper in this scene? <laughs> He's like, yeah, that guy makes the most sense. I've never agreed with Mr. Cooper, but I am finally seeing like, yeah, I would have some questions for this guy. These none of the parents in this show have any idea what parents even are. No, like they just sit there and they're like, "Hey, who are these people?" They're all like weird children. It's crazy. Well, I mean, also we could probably talk about Mrs. Blossom a little bit, who's like, "I'm gonna fuck whoever I want, Cheryl. I don't even care. I love it. I love it, my daughter." They're all weirdos. Uh, I agree with you, but I want to talk about breakfast. I don't know if you guys noticed this. So they're having breakfast. There is like a casserole dish filled with scrambled eggs. So. How how much how many eggs do they eat on a daily basis? I guess a lot. If you need a whole casserole dish, now I can't believe that was your problem. It drove me nuts. I was really worried about what? how much food they were wasting. First of all, who's cooking that many eggs? Because that's like thirty eggs. She's scrambling up thirty eggs every morning. You for four they people, put like a quiche with eggs in it. Sometimes it's yeah, not a, it's not a quiche. The next day. It's, it's not like a quiche. It was a casserole dish re- filled with scrambled it's eggs. Not like they're chucking it's it too out. many eggs. I made fun of Pete for being like a rageaholic Cooper fan, but you're like a sociopathic <laughs> egg budget <laughs> crazy person. I don't know, man. It's a lot of eggs. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that was the weird part about the scene. <laughs> Too many eggs, and Mr. Cooper wasn't hard enough on Chick, the webcam boy. Uh, so Chick is there. I mean, the, the point of this episode like, is Betty identifying with Chick because they both have scars. Uh, and then we get uh, the webcam thing. Yeah, that's a big thing, apparently. They, we both have scars. From their fingernails. But when Betty 
actually acknowledges her dark side. I thought that was amazing. I was like, yeah, Betty, get in touch with your dark side. This is, a, I thought, a very cool moment. I agree with you. I think uh, the way that they treated that, I don't know if there's going to be a twist with Chick at some point. I kind of hope not because I like the fact that they are actually dealing with Betty's dark side and having her talk about it. Um, I also think that, uh, I think that, like, I, it is weird that they have the scars together yeah. in a certain sense, but... At the same time, I like that connection there. I think that's cool. What I did think was weird was that they already knew that he was a gay prostitute, worked out and lived in a dingy hostel slash hotel, and was constantly getting stabbed in a hallway, but that doing webcams, which seems way safer, is a step too far. Uh, yes, uh, I agree. I don't know. I feel like that's something that the maybe uh, not teenage writers heard about and sure. were like, yo, this is fucked up. But I also think this episode was all about the redemption of Chick. Because uh, yeah. at one point, he's like, everything in life's a transaction. I was like, save it, dude. <laughs> uh, and then by the end, he's like, I came in to look at you in the middle of the night. And it wasn't creepy. It was just me being like, hey, I can't believe this person would help me. And yeah. so like that was nice. Like I think he's going to just be another member of Archie's gang. I hope so. I also hope that he's not just being set up so he can hook up with Kevin Keller and that's the end of it. You know, Because there seemed to be like... There was a touch of that where Kevin kept talking about how he was a hottie before he figured out that he was a webcam dude. I was uh, pleasantly surprised surprised with the explanation of why he was standing over Betty's bed. And I thought that was actually pretty valid. I thought there was no way out of that. Dude, you're creepy. Uh, you're, you know, but now I kind of like them together in a weird way. So I'm excited to see where this relationship is. I'll tell you what. I go into people's rooms and stand over their beds what? all the time. And then I explain it to them in the morning and uh, I explain so what, cool. yeah, yeah, I, why it's not He's creepy. been in my place a bunch of times just yeah. being like, hey, I just want to see um, if who the kind of person you were. And I was like, oh, yeah, we could talk yeah. about it on Tuesdays rather than you just come to my house at random times and watch Yeah, me. but I think it's more like it's more telling. It's like when I go to Pete's house, I could really see his soul burning Brighted wow. through the darkness in the middle of the night don't, when he's sleeping. Don't try to come into my fucking room at night, man. You won't make it out alive. He's got booby traps like he wouldn't believe. <laughs> uh, you have that great water trap, right? So uh, let's talk about where Betty ends up at the end of the episode. Is She's like, I want to manage the darkness. Show me how to webcam chick. So she's going to become a webcam girl now, I guess? I hope not. I, that was a weird thing. I was hoping the. Bond would just be more about like talking and being like, this is how, how you deal with the darkness, not like put your darkness into the web and get in yeah, some weird... Yeah, here's what I'd say. Again, put your darkness in the web at dark.com. <laughs> uh, it is weird that they're going to be a brother-sister webcam duo. That is that's fucked up. <laughs> so fast. Uh, so that's pretty great. Uh, who else should we talk about in the episode? Jughead. We yeah. should talk about Jughead. Yeah, Jughead learned a tough lesson here. Uh, history, especially when it comes to white people, sure. is very sketchy. You can't take things at face value and don't act shocked when you learn that the, the real reasons behind white people for doing stuff had some fucking shady shit, especially when it comes to land. Yeah, I'm really curious uh, to hear some Native American perspectives on this particular plot line of the episode, because I would say for me... 
it felt a little tone deaf, but I oh, don't you know. Think, I sort of feel like maybe Riverdale was doing what Jughead was doing in the show. <laughs> yes, I agree uh, with 100%, you. 100%, yeah. exactly. It's like, oh, let me gloss over this for the sake of this thing, because like, there, have we ever had a connection between the Serpents and Native American like origins? Before? No. Oh, that's a brand new thing this episode. I was like, what? Yeah. What a weird thing. Uh, and then and have it to be, uh, and sorry, to have it be like very stereotypical old Native American guy being like, well, I'm going to tell you now about the history of our town. I love that actor, dude. That guy is in a oh, ton he's, of stuff. He's great. He's amazing. He's great. And I actually, in the long run, I like this detail and I think it's interesting to show. I love hearing more about the history of Riverdale and how much they fleshed it out. But I agree with you, Justin, that just the idea of it, like, they were like, it's a plot line to teach Jughead a lesson. Also, like, there was this really fun small moment where Jughead was going to, like, he rips off his, uh, you know, he's got duct tape over his mouth. He rips that off to go start shit, and then he holds he holds him back. And it was like, you've done enough, Whitey. Like, let's, right. let's, like, so, have this be what it is. So in not- case you didn't see it, the, the short version of the plot line is uh, Jughead does an interview for an oral history project. With Tony Topaz's grandpa, I think, the oldest surviving serpent in New York. Uh, And he uh, finds out that uh, Colonel Pickens, General Pickens? General Pickens. I don't know why I can't remember anybody's names this episode. I'm sorry. Colonel Chickens. Uh, Yeah, Colonel Chickens. Uh, Colonel Chickens is what you call him if you know him. (laughs) Yeah. Colonel Chickens uh, at ColonelChickens.com. Check out ColonelChickens.com for delicious... Yeah, yeah. Check are you going to say something, actually, or are you just... Uh, no. No, okay. I got distracted. Okay, uh, so uh, Jughead does this interview. He publishes it in the school newspaper. Everybody gets super upset. Which apparently everyone in town reads this high school newspaper. Sure. Well, that's what the mayor clearly said to the right. camera. Oh, everybody is very upset by this newspaper. Right. Yo, Remember, for, for this a politician, is, that mayor brings some heat to the, this uh, is the a people town on this show. Up to support two enormous high schools, an all-night dance club for kids. Every and a daytime day, dance club. And a daytime dance club. Club for Kids and several other uh, sundry art of, I don't know what I'm saying. Only one diner, though. Yeah, only one diner. Uh, but everybody reads the school newspaper, so everybody gets upset uh, at Jughead for publishing this, or more specifically, Tony Topaz does. And the serpents are like, well, we got to do something now. So they decide to march with duct tape on the Colonel Pickens Day celebration and break up the... Well, we'll get to what the performance is in a second. Uh, but then Hiram Lodge shuts it down with some well-timed words that what are impossible, yeah, impossible to come back explaining, at. Being like, yeah, I'll take care of this. Uh, it was also crazy early on in the episode. They say that they're for Pickens Day, the secret meeting. They hired the serpents to run security. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> they hate the serpents. It's been a whole thing. And they're like, oh, let's throw them a gig. Yeah. Doing security at Pickens Day, and that's what gets him into this last scene. Yes. I did. I actually didn't mind that because that strikes me like there are a lot of motorcycle gags that will provide security for stuff. So, if anything, that seems that's like. That's never gone wrong throughout the history of rock and roll. Uh, oh, come on. Um, has it? Yes, the Hells Angels. What? Who? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, maybe you haven't seen the Hells Angels for a while, so you forgot about them, because that happens with me and my family a lot. But you should go check them out. They did security at some Rolling Stones concerts, and boy, did it get into some trouble. Uh-oh. So, wait, what were you going to say, Pete? Uh, I don't remember. Was it about the Hells Angels and the Rolling Stones? No, no, it wasn't. It was, no. Was it something about Jughead, Hiram Lodge, Tony Topaz, yeah, probably the Serpents? Something along Serpent those Grandpa, lines. Grandpa Serpent. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, the big reveal here is Veronica reunites the... Uh, Pussycats, that's, but it's that's Veronica. That's the big reveal. Yeah. 
Veronica and the Pussycats. Right. Well, Instead of Josie, and there was that fun moment where she was like, oh, no, you didn't. Right. So Josie, in case you've forgotten, because it happened approximately 300 episodes ago, uh, was encouraged by her mom to pursue a solo career, so she broke up the Pussycats. Uh, like Pete said, Veronica kind of brings the Pussycats back together, except they still don't get any lines and only appear very rarely in the background of shots, so I was super bummed for them. Uh, Josie also doesn't get a lot of lines. Mostly she's just kind of upset. Uh, it doesn't get to saying, I, uh, we need a plot line for Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, justice do. for Josie. Hashtag yes. justice for Josie. Hashtag justice for Josie. Uh, hashtag showtime for Cheryl. Oh, nice. <laughs> what? Like she should get more showtime. Oh, okay. Oh, not like she should put on a show. I mean, maybe that's a great way for her to get some showtime. Yeah. What if she did a show with Josie? That's a great pairing. Thank you. Because so Cheryl much. does some singing. And yeah. In one episode, she did. Everybody does a little bit of singing. Speaking of singing, I found it uh, very coincidental that uh, Veronica's song was serpent themed. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty surprising. Uh, very appropriate uh, and good for her. So, are you excited to see more of Veronica and the Pussycats, Pete? Uh, no, I'm hoping for, like we're saying, Josie and the Pussycats to get more action. Great. Anything else we need to cover from the episode before we start to wrap this I thing up? I think that's it. Okay, let's do last two things before we go. Uh, this one's a little bit of a dormant one, so we can do it quickly, uh, but the big overarching mystery, we still think that the Black Hood is out there. So who do you think, what's your theory now, who is the Black Hood? Or we could slightly modify it, who cut off the head of uh, General Oh, Pickens. right, we forgot to talk about that. So uh, Simpsons did it. First, yeah. but uh, the head of General Pickens gets cut off. Uh, what? Who is it in that episode? Bart. Yes. <laughs> okay. So who's the Bart of that uh, of uh, Riverdale? Jughead. Jughead did it. Jughead's the Bart of Riverdale. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, yeah, he has the original bad boy. He has the similar um, hair to hat shape. Sure. I mean, realistically, I think it's actually probably Hiram who did it. Agreed. Right? Hiram did it to uh, foment more rebellion. Right. Yeah, because he's pure evil guy. Yeah, he's got to get out of that pirate gold. It's definitely what's going on in this episode. Maybe only, there's oil inside the statue. Maybe there's oil inside the pirate gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's a payday. Yeah. <laughs> payday. Pick it up at your local grocery store. Payday, payday, payday. Betty and Veronica, this episode only. Who is it? What's your choice, Pete? Uh, it's Betty. Uh all day, er day. I'm excited that she's getting into her dark side. I'm excited to see where that goes. Also, Veronica, uh, I'm just upset that she is oh, a pawn in this. Uh, you know, she's being told what to do, is, uh, you know, being pushed around by her family. And like the fact that it's also messing with the relationship with Josie is upsetting. Uh, uh, Veronica, as I uh, often pick, uh, getting out there with that performing career, getting that business going. Uh, it's a shame to see Betty making that, that webcam life. But I know Pete's already subscribed to her channel. Yep. Yeah, I actually am going to choose Betty as well just because I felt like the performance in the moment where she talked about owning her dark side was so honest and real and sad. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and I'm looking forward to checking out that webcam with Pete. Yeah. Cool, yeah. guys. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, guys, if you want to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night in New York at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft that is totally free, so come on by. We'll talk Riverdale. Um, what else should we plug? Pete? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have going up on our show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for the podcast and more. And I'll see you on the sweat side. Yeah, Pete and I head-to-head -head golf match. Whoa.